There is a lot of pleasure in serving the Lord. There is joy in serving the Lord, and there are great blessings in following the Lord. And I know we know that because we say it a lot, but I I also think it's funny that in Sunday school this morning we got stuck on what that word blessing means. Because in particular, in the religious culture that we live in with the televangelists and, and the good news preachers that they want to tell people that if you follow the Lord, you'll be blessed. But, and we even do that among our own ranks, but we don't always do a good job of differentiating what it means to be blessed by God in a spiritual sense versus a physical sense. And so... Greedy, flesh-driven, ego-driven people, because that is our flesh. Sometimes we have a tendency to want to seek to follow God in order to gain the blessings. Our motivation isn't just following God, but it's all about the blessings. Well, I have to do this so the Lord will bless me, so that I will receive things. And at that point, I would venture to say that you're no more following God at that point. But you are, again, following the desires of, of your flesh. You're following the lusts of your flesh. What's in it for me? Because while it's true that there are blessings in following the Lord, it is not always easy. And it's not always a walk in the park. In fact, Jesus himself, and this isn't scripture I'm going to, but I I just thought of it. When people wanted to follow Jesus, very often Jesus purposely tried to talk them out of it. Because he could see through what what their intentions were. Their intentions were to see more of the miracles, maybe get one for themselves, have some stature in life because they're following this teacher, it wasn't about following him, following him on the hard road. So he would say, the Son of Man has nowhere to even lay his head. Are you sure you want to go? Or, or well, let the dead bury their dead. No, don't go home. If you want to follow me, come on now. Leave it all. And so a lot of people, because God could see their hearts and their intentions, the Lord could see their hearts and intentions, they turned back. As opposed to the many of the preachers today who will say, follow the Lord so you can be blessed. Jesus said, yeah, there are blessings in following me, but are you sure you want to do that? It's going to cost you something. In John 21, this is of course after, after the resurrection... John chapter 21, verse 15. We see that Jesus is talking with Peter. We talked about this in Sunday school too. Jesus met with them on the beach and again showed them how to catch fish and then they all had a dinner together. And Jesus, the Bible says, So when they had dined, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, Thou knowest that I love thee. 
And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Then it says, He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast to supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? And Jesus saith unto him, If it will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. There's a lot in that 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 we could unpack, and I'm not going to get into some of it. You know, some will talk about how he said, Peter, do you love me three times to counteract the three times that Peter denied him? I don't want to get into all of that. I do find it interesting that when Jesus said, do you love me? He said, agape. He said, do you love me with a sacrificial love? Do you love me with that self-giving love? But Peter's answer was, Lord, you know I love you. Phileo, brotherly love, fondness. So Jesus said, do you agape love me? And Peter said, you know I phileo love. So the second time Jesus asked again, do you love me, agape? And the second time Peter said again, you know I love you, phileo. And the third time Jesus changed his word. The third time Jesus said, do you love me, phileo? It's almost like Jesus is saying, you're not hearing my question, so do you really even mean it? Are you really even my friend? You won't answer me. I don't have any answers on that. It's something that we can take home and chew about. But what I have in mind is... Sometimes we seek to follow the Lord because we're looking for blessings. But in this passage, Jesus tells Peter, basically, it follows up this love conversation because it's going to be important that Peter actually love Jesus with a self-giving, self-sacrificing love. That's going to be important because of what Jesus knows that Peter is going to be called upon to do. And he said, Peter, I'm telling you the truth. 
When you were young, you did what you wanted to do. You went where you wanted to go. And no one compelled you. But in the future, you're going to be compelled to go where you don't want to go. And I think it's a truth for God's people today that sometimes if we really love the Lord and seek to follow Him, we are going to be compelled to go places, and I don't necessarily mean physically moving, but just in our daily conversation, the way that we live our lives, we're going to be compelled if we want to follow the Lord to go places where we do not want to go. Yes, as I look at changes that may occur for my family, perhaps we will have to go somewhere where I don't necessarily want to go. But the same could be said for any and all of us. The Lord may compel us to actually physically pick up and move our residence somewhere we would rather not be. Away from family, away from friends, away from what we've been comfortable with. But the Lord may also compel us to make decisions that we don't want to make. The Lord may call us to, I I don't know, you can take that where you want to take it. But as disciples of the Lord Jesus, and as an ecclesia of the Lord Jesus, the Lord may compel this church or any of his churches or the Lord may compel us individually at some point to go where we would not want to go. And in preface to that, sometimes the Lord sends things our way. It's his way of asking. Brother Bob, Lovest thou me more than these? Agape. Do you love me, agape? And how quick are we to say, Oh, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And we say phileo. We mean phileo. How, how quick are we to answer with a sentimental and even well-intentioned response that, yes, Lord, I love you. But are we really willing to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak? Are we really willing to say, yes, Lord, I love you with a self-giving, self-sacrificing, you-first kind of love? And yes, Lord, I am willing if you so lead and so compel to go where I don't want to go. Yes, Lord, if you so compel me, I'm willing to move wherever. Yes, Lord, if you so compel me, I'm willing to have that hard conversation with someone. Yes, Lord, if you compel me to do so, I'm willing to witness to someone who may, who may ridicule me. 
I'm willing to stand and face ridicule and scorn for you, Lord. Yes, Lord, if you so compel me, I'm willing to give up every asset that I have so that I can follow you. Lord, if you compel me to do so, I am willing to love the absolutely unlovable with the same agape, self-giving love with which you have loved me. You see, there are any number of ways that we could be called to go places where we and our flesh do not want to go. But if we really want to follow the Lord, there are those times where we may be compelled to go places we don't want to go. So when the Lord says, brother or sister, do you love me? What Greek word do we use when we respond? And the importance in that, I think, kind of comes where in Scripture it says, this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Now I'm not saying that that the Lord is necessarily in this point going to compel us to go as tradition has it, that Peter was crucified. And tradition also has that he requested to be crucified upside down so that he wasn't worthy to die as Christ did. And the asphyxiation and the torture would be the same. Not necessarily saying we'll be compelled to that. But isn't it funny that it says that he signified by what death Peter would glorify God? And I'll say again that I think that I believe that for the saints of God, those who have been called, those who have been redeemed, those of us who've had an experience of new birth, death always glorifies God. I don't necessarily mean our physical death where we leave this earth. But at the point that we surrendered and gave our lives to Jesus, surrendered on His mercy, what happened to the old man? The old man was crucified with Christ. In order to be saved, in order to gain that new life, we had to die to self. We had to die to sin. That's what our baptism represents in part, is that we died to sin and are buried and rise again in new life in Christ. Does that death not glorify God? And I would say that likewise, when we are compelled to do that which we would not do, when the Lord challenges us, do you love me with an agape love? Are you willing to sacrifice yourself? Are you willing to die to self out of love for me? Those times when we are willing to allow our dreams to die because they're not the Lord's dreams. Or when we're allowed to, or when we allow our plans 
to die because they're not the Lord's plans. When we allow our preferences to die because they are not the Lord's plans. When we allow a part of our fleshly desire and lusts to die so that we may follow the Lord, that death glorifies God. So yes, sometimes we may be compelled to go somewhere we don't want to go. And we're told that because the Lord is signifying to us by what death will glorify Him. I always thought it was funny that passage that says, blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Kind of makes a little more sense in that light, doesn't it? Now, however, in that passage, he is also talking about a physical death. And we need to realize that that's a reality too. Especially as our culture is changing and our world is changing and the animosity toward the spirit of Antichrist rising in the world is making it ever more feasible that... I don't know some of you that are a little more on in years. It, it may not be that fast. But certainly it's plausible that by the time I'm as old as some of you, if, if, if I'm allowed to live that long, but certainly by the time these little ones, we may face a real possibility that the Lord may compel someone to a physical death in order to follow him. But precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Because it means that they've died to self in order to follow him. They've given all they could in order to follow him. And at that point, they're reunited with him in his presence. And we have a tendency also to, to compare ourselves. And uh, we can use that and border on petulance. At that point, I think it's sinful, but at some point, I don't know that it's sinful so much as it's just human nature for us to compare ourselves to other people. And the Lord may compel us to do something. We may find ourselves in a situation. Now again, let me back up. I'm not talking about those situations that we find ourselves in where life just leads us into circumstances that are not favorable for us, and we don't like it, yeah, I'll say my current job. I don't like it. I don't necessarily think the Lord compelled me to go there. It's just what life did. I'm not, I'm not talking about that as being a place where I've been compelled to go someplace I don't want to go. That wasn't what I did. To, that's not what I do to follow the Lord. That's what I do to provide for my family. So I'm not talking about those things where sometimes we think just life isn't fair. I'm, I'm talking about those nudges or, or distinct impressions or even flat-out commands we get from the Lord to go somewhere, and we don't want to do it. I can think back to Russell and how all fired up he was about going to California. <laughs> Of course, you all know he wasn't. He didn't want to go. But he was compelled. 
the Lord called him to go someplace he didn't want to go. And yeah, he laid out the fleeces and this and that and vacillated back and forth. But in the end, when Jesus said, Russell, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. And he proved it because when he was compelled to go, he went. He lost a job to get there. It wasn't easy. But oh, the blessings and the stories that all of you tell from your time out there that, that none of you would be able to tell if you hadn't gone. Those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm talking about. And, and we've seen that in Scripture too. I, I thought of Abraham. You know, Abra- we read the narrative. And to some degree, as, as long as the Bible is and as wordy as some of it can seem to be to us in our worldly eyes, it's actually very concise. Because they can't tell us everything. But if we just read the narrative and take it as it is, we read that Abraham, or that God came to Abraham and said, Hey, wealthy Abram, pick up everything and move. And Abram just said, Okay. Abram had cattle and land and servants. He was wealthy and comfortable. Do you really think that when the Lord came and said, hey, pick up everything and go somewhere else. I'm not going to tell you where you're going, but I'll tell you when you get there. That he just kind of rolled over and said, okay. As though it were not a heavy decision. Now, I don't think he was petulant. I think Abraham is noted for his faith, for his trust in the Lord for a reason. He trusted the Lord. But let's not fool ourselves into thinking that he was so far above being human that he didn't even think about what he was leaving. Now, if we bring that into our current day situation, if, if Abram were approached by one of the television preachers and said, Hey, pick up everything and go. And if you follow the Lord, everything's going to be so much better and so much easier. But Abram didn't find that to be true. I think about the irony and and it makes me think more about, it makes me admire more about his ability to trust God. Because he gets to Canaan. He's finally at the place and God says, this is it. This is what I'm giving you. I'm going to give you all this land. And Abram looks around and says, there's a grievous famine here. There's no food. We can't survive. Thanks, Lord. So after finding the land that he gave up everything to go to, he finds trouble. He finds an inability to survive. He has to escape. He has to go to Egypt. And there he finds himself having to deceive them, afraid for his life. This was not the easy road that you signed up for when you decided to follow the Lord, is it, Abram? But how many times do we, when we say, I want to follow the Lord, we expect that that's going to be our lot in life? that we'll follow Him and He will open every door at just the exact right time and we'll know it. There will never be a doubt and there will never be trouble because He has paved the way with gold. 
We have these ideas. And even preachers among what we would call our churches, preachers with with like minds, they don't differentiate the spiritual blessing from the physical blessing. And God's people, because we are still in this warfare of the flesh, we hear that and we think the road's going to be easy because I'm following the Lord. But we need to remember... Abram probably didn't want to go to Canaan. But he went. And we know people in our own lives who have been compelled at times to go places they didn't want to go. Peter, I'm sure, when the time came, if that tradition is true, did not want to go to a cross. Even Jesus went somewhere he didn't want to go. That great prayer in the garden. Oh, Father, if there is any other way. And we're only recorded those words. But without being petulant, because Jesus wouldn't have been petulant, but you have to know that somewhere in the humanity of his mind, he's thinking, Father, You are the creator of heaven and earth. You designed everything and you can do anything. You are omnipotent and all-powerful. Surely there's another way. And if there's any, any other way, let this cup pass from me. Yes. And I don't know this to be true. I'm not trying to insert scripture, but... Maybe in that dialogue back and forth, God the Father says to His Son, Jesus, do you love me? Do you love me, Agape? And I don't know that it took three times back and forth. I think it was pretty obvious to Jesus to say, Father, you know I love you. You know I love you enough to give everything for you and for the world that you love. And so his answer was, nevertheless, not my will but thine. He's a great teacher and a great role model. So for those times when maybe we feel like we're being called or compelled to go someplace that we don't want to go, let's remember that we're not the first. We won't be the last. But the greatest was Jesus. And if he could do it, And we have His Spirit residing within us because His seed remaineth in us. Then He can give us the strength to be willing to go where we don't want to go also. And we have this tendency to compare ourselves to others. I started to say this earlier. We'll find our own circumstance or our own calling and we're compelled to go this place that we don't want to go and and we'll say, but what about this brother? What about this sister? Or or what about this church? What are you asking them to do? Let's compare it. Because if, if, if they're not asked for something equally painful, that's not fair, right? And Jesus' response is simple. He says, basically, what's it to you? 
Well, what about John over here? What are you going to have him do? And Jesus says, what's it to you? You follow me. We're not accountable for other brothers and sisters. We're not accountable for other churches. We're only accountable for what the Lord calls and compels us to do. And when the Lord says, do you love me? We're only accountable for our answer back and what we're willing to give and how far we're willing to go to follow him. Well, this sounds like doom and gloom, doesn't it? That sometimes we're compelled to go places we don't want to go and it's not easy and it will hurt and it will cost something. Where are the blessings that I talked about at the beginning? And I'm almost done, but in, in John 6, Jesus is doing a lot of teaching and a lot of controversial teaching. And I won't get into all of that either, but it's, that's kind of where he tries some shock therapy on them because everybody wants to follow Jesus. Everybody wants to be on the popular train. Everyone wants to be on what's trending. If it had been today, people would be taking selfies of themselves with the disciples and tweeting them out. <laughs> Hashtag Messiah. But then he throws some hard teaching their way. Among other things, there was the, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And the reason I'm not getting into that is because I can't explain that at this point. The Lord hasn't given, me that, given that to me yet. But the point is, it was hard teaching. And a lot of people turned away because they just couldn't follow that teaching. They couldn't follow him. So they turned away. And Jesus looks at his 12 that are there and says, will you also go away? Will you also turn back? Will you also stop following me because the teaching is hard or because the road is hard or because what I'm asking you to do is too difficult? And Peter says, where else could we go, Lord? For you alone have the words of life. That's the blessing that's promised when we follow Jesus. Wherever he takes us, wherever he leads us, whatever it costs, the blessing is that he alone has the words of eternal life. He alone has the power to give life. He alone has the power to give meaning to what it means to live. Yeah, we could choose not to follow. Even when we're saved, we can choose not to follow. But where else would we go? Where could I go?
So I don't know, at some point, maybe in the near future, maybe in the distant future, but at some point, and it may be in the past, but just because it's happened in the past does not mean it won't happen again. The Lord will compel all of us at some point to go somewhere we don't really want to go. And even now, He's asking all of us, do you love me? I'm not sure Peter weighed, you know, he was impetuous. We, we saw that all through Scripture. He, he was just impetuous. And I'm sure that to some degree, if that were a contemporary conversation, it would be like Jesus saying, hey, bro, we homies? Do you love me? And Peter didn't even think about it. Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. On this side of history, we can see a little bit because of the great cloud of witnesses that we have in Hebrews 12 and because of the history of the Lord's church that we've seen, because of what we've experienced in our own lives, we have the benefit of knowing that that answer may cost us something. So when the Lord says, do you love me? Let's think long and hard before we answer. Maybe not long and hard, but let's at least think about it, not be flippant, not be impetuous, realizing that that at some point we're going to be compelled to go someplace we don't want to go, to do something we don't want to do. And we're going to have to die to self, either a little bit or maybe a lot. But in that death, we glorify God. And we can't compare ourselves to others because what about them? What's it to us? Just follow Him. Because when that choice comes, where else could we go? Will you also go away? Where else would we go, Lord? You alone have the words of life. 